The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 96. I am Jim Kempsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton from bleedinggreennation.com. Also, make sure you check out Babes on Broad. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. And, of course, Kisten Solak. If you listen to us, then I'm sure you're listening to them as well, especially their post-game pod, which they get up very quickly after the game. And, of course, the film breakdowns that they managed to do on the radio, uh, which is always impressive without any video available to them, to them as well. And Brandon Gowton, how are you, my friend? You got the big, finally, Road Game Watch Party coming up. Jimmy, it's finally here. And, obviously, to get all those podcasts you listen to, you can subscribe to the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Download, rate, review, subscribe, all those good things. You can also listen to the from the Bleachers podcast that good friend Seamus Clancy does. You know Seamus, right, Jimmy? Of course. Great guy, part of EGN, and he will be there with me at the Road Game Watch Party this weekend, December 15th at Pistola's Del Sur from Passyunk, South Philly. Come on out. There's drink specials. There's taco specials. There's Buddy Burger specials, $6 for those. Uh, so we'll have a lot of fun watching this game. Jimmy? What's a Buddy Burger? Uh, I don't know, but I'm excited to figure out. You have to come to figure it out. Uh, Jimmy, I was texting Seamus during the game on Monday mm-hmm. night as the Eagles were down to the Giants 17-3. to And uh, both him and I were like, well, <laughs> I don't know who's going to show up to this thing uh, if the Eagles lose this game. But but they did win. You should be good the, to go now, yeah. Yeah, the party is saved. Come out. And watch the Washington game with us. And then... That would have been a tough ask getting people to come out there. For sure. <laughs> the Eagles had lost to the, to the Giants. I was dreading it. And then, not only you know is the Eagles versus Washington game on, but then there's the Cowboys uh, playing the Rams, Rams game, which is yeah. huge, as we'll get into later. So definitely come out to the party. It'll be fun. There'll be BGN t-shirts. Get one of those for free. I'll be giving those away. So it'll be a good time. Eagles-Giants. Let's get, let's get right to it. Carson Wentz. Big time, big time in the second half of that game. First half, oh, I mean, not necessarily him specifically, but the entire offense and the defense too. I mean, just awful. I mean, like I thought they were done and I Mm -hmm. thought not only done, but it was like, you know, tear it down, kind of done. Uh, Halftime of that game and then they, 
They come back. Carson Wentz puts that te- puts the team on his back with guys like Greg Ward and Boston Scott and Josh Perkins <laughs> and just wills them to victory. And of course, you know he he does throw the two the two TD passes to uh, you know his most reliable and uh, trusted target Zach Ertz. So you know he did have a, a semi star player helping him out along the way as well. But the way that he put it, the team on his back was, uh, in my opinion. Very impressive. Doug Peterson called it the best game of his career. I'm not sure I totally agree with that, but certainly it was one of his best at a minimum. Your thoughts? I don't think it was his best game, and I don't think Doug Peterson really truly believes that. <laughs> I think I think he said that as a way of like kind of encouraging Carson Wentz and yeah. putting the, like a positive message out there. Yeah. But I think that was the most important game of Carson Wentz's career. So I'll make the distinction there. I think that was really important for him to, because he he hasn't had that signature moment, uh, for better or for worse. And uh, there's a lot of criticism of Carson Wentz for that, and I, the the critics are silenced for at least one week, as you wrote about in your column there, Jimmy, on Philly Voice, handing out your awards. It was a spot where Carson Wentz delivered. In spite of a lot of adversity, you know, having again, he was down to literally just Greg Ward at one point at receiver, and he he played great uh, in the uh, in the fourth quarter and overtime combined. He completed seventeen of his twenty three attempts for one hundred ninety five yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a, a one twenty two point seven passer rating. Now, you know, like the Giants' defense is bad, yeah, but again, like he wasn't working with anything, and he showed that he can put the team on his back. Like, they basically needed him to. And just, like, it's been this frustrating season for Carson Wentz because, as we were kind of talking about before the show, I mean, he's had these moments in games where, like, he's he's almost pulled them back, right? Yeah. You, you pointed out, what, the, the Falcons Lions, game? Lions. Lions. He, he throws a great ball to JJ. JJ drops it when he would have probably just fallen backwards into the end zone for a touchdown and a win. Atlanta, as you mentioned, I mean, he put, he put the team on his back in that Atlanta game too, but just couldn't get anyone to cooperate with him in any way. I mean, he's getting uh, not even not even wasn't getting any help, but his receivers were actively ruining that game for him. Um, that's another game that I thought he was he was amazing. And then you know you talk about the Patriots game where he throws a nice ball to to Nelson in the back of the end zone. Nelson kind of overruns it a little bit, makes it a more difficult catch than it had to be. Winds up not making that play. But he has had these late game moments where you know he did put him in position to win, but they just haven't been able to get it done. Finally, they get it done this week. And I think that's something you can like. That's something of value moving forward. You know, sure. if you if you were like a fan who was going into this game, kind of being like they should lose for better draft positioning. Like, n- no, not not at this cost. Like, not at the car- cost of Carson Wentz being able to show, like, he can put the team on his back and deliver a big win in a spot like this. Like, that is way more valuable moving forward, I, agree. I think. Not even, not, like, for this season, I think, to build on that moving forward, but also just, like, in the future. So, I, I think agree. that's, that's uh, it was big. It was bigger than just this game. Like, that was that was very meaningful to me. Yeah, I mean, they fall apart if, if they lose that game. Like, the rest mm-hmm. of the season is, is just an absolute disaster. By the way, you were in on his uh, press conference after the game, right? No. Oh, okay. Did you see it? Did you watch it? No. Okay. I I kind of thought that he looked as, I don't know if happy is the right word, maybe as relieved. Yeah, relieved. I think he looked very relieved, but I, I've never seen him like as um, happy or relieved or 
uh, at ease or whatever you want to call it uh, after a game than he was after this game. Also, just on the field, like when he was playing, like he's looked so uncomfortable for a he while. Was just, he was he was just in screw it mode at the end of that game. He he it, it was we haven't seen just, that. He was just playing. In a while. Even in like, even in the Dolphins game, there was some more of that. But I think there were moments too, especially early on, where he just he didn't even look fully comfortable. Like he he just looked in control in this game. He looked comfortable. He looked poised. He was making smart decisions, getting the ball out quick uh, when it needed to be done. Like it, it just he looked different to me, like different it, it, than I've seen. plays out of the pocket too. Like there were, it looked like he was actually kind of even though they were down and and the comeback was a struggle. It it almost looked like he was playing. I, I used to hate this back in the day when um, announcers would be like, oh, that Brett Favre. He's just, <laughs> just playing out there like he's in his backyard. But, <laughs> but that's kind of that's kind of, it was a little bit like the way that Carson played, I thought, on Sunday. Or Monday, that, excuse me. That's how he should be playing, ideally. Yes. I mean, those moments should exist. Like he shouldn't. Like Carson Wentz isn't. This idea like that Carson Wentz should just like let the offense work for him all the time. And like you're neutering what he's like elite at, I would say, which is making plays off script. And he almost did. He almost made that incredible throw to uh, JJ in the end zone. Greg Ward tips it, so you know catch isn't made. Um, but like, and then uh, that first drive they had where they got the field goal, you know he's running out of structure, and then he finds Zach Ertz. Um, like those are the kind of plays where. Like you, you, you need to see those. Like th- that's those are special from him, and he, you need to give him the ability to do those from time to time. Uh, and so, the really, this Greg had, Ward, the throw to Greg Ward was awesome too. Yes, it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm not here for hearing that that was tipped. Like, no, it hit him in the hands. Uh, you said what? He's got to make that play anyway. I, I thought that uh, uh, Antoine Maffei got a fingernail on it, and when I, I went back and rewatched it just to take a look because Ward said in, in the uh, locker room after the game that he tipped it. So I just wanted to take a really slow-mo. They, they already showed it in slow-mo on the replay. And then I hit slow-mo. It was, slow, it was like double slow-mo on the NFL Game Pass. And it did, look, it did look like the ball moved a little bit when it went by his, his fingernails. Mm-hmm. So like I think he did get a hand on it a little bit. But you still got to make that catch. Like the, the trajectory of the ball wasn't affected that much, if at all. So he should he should have made that catch. Is another example. And by the way, like everyone's kind of saying, like, what took so long for Greg Ward to get called up? And <laughs> while I certainly agree that bringing Jordan Matthews back was not the answer, because we'll and we'll get to sort of um, the Eagles' over reliance on familiarity a little bit later in the pod. But while I agree with that, let's not get let's 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 not do the Paul Turner thing again with Greg Ward. <laughs> like there, are, I think there's better options out there than Greg Ward. While we're on that topic, but. Um, uh, you know, he dropped what could have been a, a really he uh, that that could have been devastating if they didn't win that game. In fact, if they didn't win that game, we're probably talking about that play and saying, and Greg Ward isn't the, isn't the hero that he was made out to be after the game that he that he was uh, in reality. So um, I don't know. Um, Wentz also earned his technically quote unquote fourth quarter comeback of the season in this game. Uh, there were other times during the season where this is how stupid this stat is. I hate this <laughs> stat with a passion. But you know they're down seventeen nothing to Washington week one. They come back and win that game comfortably, but the comeback didn't actually when they didn't take the lead in the fourth quarter. They took the lead earlier than that. I think it was the third quarter, 
And uh, well, that's I, bad. It definitely you you don't want to do it then. You want to do it. You don't want to do it in the third quarter. You have to. You have to come back and 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 take the lead in the fourth quarter, or, or else it's, that's not really a comeback. Yeah. If you if it, ha- if it doesn't happen in the last fifteen minutes, so that doesn't count as a comeback. They were down ten nothing to the Packers. They came back and won that game. They came back a lot even earlier in that game, and uh, I'm sure I'm missing some. But that the whole idea that a fourth quarter comeback is this you know glory stat is ridiculous because you look at his like 2017 season where they're just blowing everyone out every week and he's getting fourth quarter comebacks in that in that season, and it looks like you know he's some scrub in the fourth quarter when really kind of the opposite is true like. He absolutely does kind of have that fourth quarter comeback gene in him. Like going back to college, and I know this is not the same level as the NFL, but he can like they were at their own, they're inside their own twenty in the FCS championship game against Illinois State. They were down four; it was like a little bit more than a minute left, and he brought them back and they won that game. He won, he won the national championship on it on a on a you know a last minute fourth quarter drive. So he has that in him. I don't think he's affected by by the moment. He's not going to like turtle up under pressure. It's just not what his mentality is. I don't think he plays any differently in those situations. And I think he's going to be fine in those situations over the course of his career. Yeah, and like we said earlier, like Nelson Aguilar makes a catch or two here. J.J. Ortega makes a, a catch. Like the narrative's different entirely. Just you know, if a receiver oh, yeah. makes the Lions catch. Lions is a fourth quarter comeback if if he makes that catch. Atlanta is probably. A fourth quarter comeback if mm-hmm. Nelson makes that catch down the sideline. Yeah, so I, I think this is a very encouraging game for Carson Wentz moving forward and, and probably kind of what they need from him down the stretch here, right? Like this is what I was talking about when you know we did that little draft of like what you need to see uh down the stretch. I think this is like this is who he needed to be. Pretty kind of against all odds. And I, I don't know how sustainable that is. I don't know how it's much not. you could <laughs> Yeah, it's not. That, that's how sustainable it is. But I mean, that's this is kind of who they they have. They need him to be to to, to win here. Exactly. Let, let's talk about the guys that that I you know I mentioned Greg Ward and you know let's not go over the let's not get out of control with him. But I do think that Mister Boston Scott boom did show some legitimate skills in that game. I mean, this was he had like how many rushing yards did he have? I think it was fifty nine or something like that on ten carries, and then I think he had six for sixty nine. Nice. nice. Was it in the uh, in the passing game? Correct. So it wasn't a matter of him just having these gigantic holes to run through. Like he made guys miss and looked to have some boogie. Juice. Like he is. He was. Uh, he showed legitimate skills in that game. And going forward, I think he is a guy that they can carve out a role for in this offense. He needs more playing time. Uh, that not was, a question. That was, that was not just like a, a weird like one. Like you know, one game one kind of off. thing. I, I think he actually has legitimate skills that that you know. I don't think he's going to have a, a. I don't think he's going to or should have some kind of big role in any by any stretch. But you can find a way to get him involved in the offense and and uh, let him do some things. When you can try to find ways to get him into open space and, and make guys miss in, in the open field. He had three combined snaps in the two games prior to the Giants game. I, w- mm-hmm. I would say he should be playing a little bit more than three snaps and zero offensive touches. Uh, just on a team that's very desperate for anyone who can kind of like make someone miss. Like the, I, I swear, the Eagles are the most tackleable team like, in the NFL. Like there's no like just that was one of my takeaways from watching uh, on Sunday. San Francisco. Yeah, well, yeah, that on any game, not just that though. Any game, like any game, yeah. you see you see receivers and running backs like making guys miss. Miles Sanders can do that a little bit, but I'm talking about like 
you know, more regularly. And Boston Scott can do that. He has some kind of wiggle and explosion, quickness, burst, whatever you want to call it, juice to him. And yeah, so in an offense that desperately lacks that, like there's no good reason why he should be getting zero touches or like, minimum snaps. Like the offense to me, Jimmy, just it looked better when Boston Scott came in. And my, like Miles Sanders is having a good rookie season. I'm, I like Miles Sanders, but like it, it just looked better with Boston Scott in there. It looked better and different and uh, entertaining for a change. Yes. Oh but my he gosh. Got, he he got the like he got the fans going in that game. He's got his, he got his teammates going in that game. Yep. Like it was a, it was he provided a legitimate spark. He did. I don't. Did they win that game if he doesn't play? No. Probably not. Right. How? <laughs> who else, Who <laughs> else is in there? I mean, you know, it's it's basically a jai because you know Sanders went out for a little bit. So I'm I'm good on a jai. Like yeah, he can he can just be. A, uh, they should cut break, him honestly. Break glass I'm gonna go that far. I, I think they should too. I mean, there's gotta be there's gotta be some running. I mean, so yesterday. A day ago yesterday, or I'm sorry, a year ago yesterday <laughs> day is when they yesterday. signed Boston Scott off of uh, the Saints practice squad. Mm-hmm. You're telling me there isn't a guy on the practice squad on any of the other 31 teams who is better than J.H.I. right now? Well, even D'Angelo Henderson on the Eagles practice squad. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Give him a look. Sure. Like, Ajayi, this He's season. a bigger guy too, right? Yeah. Uh, Ajayi this season, Jimmy, has th- 10 carries for 30 yards. He's averaging 3 yards per carry. He dropped a pass while wide open in the flat against the Giants. He blew that pass protection that led to the Carson Wentz sack and then ultimately that missed field goal sequence in Miami. Like He's giving this team nothing. I, I don't understand. Like wh- Why are you signing him? He doesn't look ready to – he looks washed. He looks cooked right now. Maybe yeah. he, he – need- and, and I don't want to put it all on him and say, like, whatever – I'm like he's coming off this ACL. He hasn't had a full off season. Like maybe he can bounce back in the future. I don't know. But like he's clearly not ready to play right now, and they need someone to play right now. So I just I don't I don't know what he's really doing on this roster. Yeah, and that's that goes back to the over reliance on familiarity. Who, who, yep. What do you need the running back to know the offense for? Like, like <laughs> there's not there's nothing really that complicated at the running back position. Like they they know what they're doing. Come on. Mm-hmm. So speaking of injuries. Uh, probably should get into the wide receiver thing. You talked about yes. Greg Ward already. I mean, Jimmy, Alshon Jeffrey is reportedly out for the year. That seemed pretty obvious as soon as he went out. Agreed. During uh, during the game. I want to keep it on Alshon, but let's also mention that Nelson Aguilar didn't practice on Wednesday in the estimated injury report. Kind of doesn't seem – I would guess he's not going to play this week. It doesn't seem what like – What Brandon means by that is they didn't actually have a practice today. They had a correct. walkthrough. On Wednesday, yes. So, like, everyone participates in the walkthrough. But Mm -hmm. what they do is they they have to put out an injury report if you don't have a real practice. And those are estimates on who would be able to go and who wouldn't. So, who who did they estimate wouldn't have gone? Was it Barnett again? Aguilar? Camus, they they said, would be full. He had the Mm -hmm. concussion. So, he's obviously cleared the concussion protocol. Uh, Jordan Howard remains uh, estimated, quote-unquote, limited. Probably Even won't play. He's probably not going to play the rest of the season, I don't think. Wow. Um, who else? And then Jalen Mills is limited, but Doug kind of seemed like optimistic that he'd be able to yeah. play this week. So, uh, but but with the receivers specifically, I mean, they literally have two wide receivers right now that are healthy on the roster, and it's JJ Arthur Whiteside, and it's Greg Ward. Jimmy, I want to talk about the long term uh, impact, I guess, uh, yeah. uh, of of Jeffrey first. I mean, a lot of people, I think, are like. 
Oh, well, he's played his last game with the Eagles. I don't think so. I don't I think, think I think he has. Well, I, I think he's gone. I think he's gone no matter what. Uh, I mean, how? The, the, it's a big cap hit that they got to eat, and they, I think they're just going to eat it. I think just want they're going to cut him. Wanna, yeah, I think they're going to cut him. So let's let's like let's go through that because if the Eagles cut Alshon Jeffrey after this season, uh, well, first of all, can they even do it if he's injured? Yeah, there is, it would, I mean, yeah. Because remember when they couldn't cut Ryan Matthews because he was hurt? Like they were waiting until he got healthy to cut him. Well, they can cut him, but they'd have to pay him an injury settlement. Mm-hmm. So with Matthews, they were just waiting until he could pass a physical. <laughs> just kind of messed up. They right. waited until he could pass a physical, then they cut him, and then they'd have to pay him. They didn't have to pay him an injury settlement. So yeah, they can still cut him. I think. Because if they I mean, do... they can definitely cut him. It's just, it's just uh, now, now you have me wondering. I should have been a little more prepared for this. Uh, now you have <laughs> no, me wondering fine. how big the injury settlement would be, because that does count. The injury settlement does count against the cap. So, uh, I have to look at that. It's ten point seven million. Off. What is? Uh, if you cut him, like that's the uh, that's what it would cost. It would you would lose ten point seven right in cap space by cutting him. It'd be twenty six point one million in dead money uh, for cutting Austin Jeffrey after this year, based on what it says on over the cap. Now, if you could trade him, which <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a twenty six million dollar cap hit if you, yeah. if you cut him. And if and you... I think and I think they will. That was just crazy. Well, it, it, so the other it's, option it's sixteen if you trade them. So it's, it's a difference of ten million, obviously. Yeah, and okay, who's going to trade for him? Well, it would you know have what? to be. No, I don't think anyone's going to trade for him anyway, because I don't think they. I don't think anyone would have wanted to take on because his salary alone is ten million, nine point nine for twenty twenty, and then it's uh, it's twelve million seven fifty in twenty twenty one. So that's all that the new team would be responsible for. Is so that what, ten million? So, but I don't even think anyone would want him on on the roster at ten million. That's how bad he was this year. All right, but let me say this: What if it's like an NBA trade where it's like a salary dump and you attach a draft oh, pick to yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. What's the highest pick you would give up to do that? Like, if you could dump Alshon's contract just so you can save that ten million, that that extra ten, I give up like a, I give up like. A, Four? <laughs> wow, I think that's high. Well, if they're well, okay, think of it this way: uh, that ten million that you save, you can sign a good free agent. Okay, it's just tough with this team and the way they're aging, and they need draft picks to be throwing one away like that. But I think, I think that's, I think that's within the realm of possibility. I mean, we to saw be clear, the... that that that's as high as like I would, that would be the highest that I would do. Right, and maybe a like four. a fourth round comp pick too, like a low. Yeah, four. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So. uh yeah, like the Rams did that obviously with the keep to leave. We saw the the Texans do that with Osweiler. Like it's not totally unprecedented. I think yeah. that's like within the realm of possibility. I think that's because that's just more stomachable than cutting him. Like cutting him is is, <laughs> is really, really it's really bad. Um, I, li- but yeah. I like that word, stomachable. Uh, stomachable. Is that's a word, right? Yeah, sure it uh, is. Is it now? It's, yeah, yeah, it is. In my it dictionary, is, it is. If it, if it is, but if it isn't, then I want it to be. That's totally a word. I'm on board with with stomachable. It's a, it's absolutely. I'm googling this. This is absolutely a word. Stomachable. That's a word. Oh yeah, it is. Look at that. Hmm. All right. Uh, and then the short term impact of the Alshon injury is that again they're down to two wide receivers. What do you think they should do, Jimmy? What should they? What do they do? Like, who do they bring in? What do they? What do they do at wide receiver? Well, Jordan Matthews signed with the Niners, so they can't do that. 
They shouldn't have done that. (laughs) I agree. I mean, they shouldn't have done that anyway, but they can't. Well, what I'm saying is they can't do that. Yes. All right. So that's off the table. Now, I think that's a good thing for the Eagles that the Niners are not allowing them to resign Jordan Matthews. Agree. Um, But I don't know. I mean, I don't know much about the guys on the practice squad because I didn't get to see them in training camp. Those are all like newer additions with the exception of um, Michelle. Uh, Mark and Michelle. But the other guys that they added, uh, I guess Robert uh, Davis, Robert Davis, Marcus Green. Marcus Green's a little guy. Mm-hmm. Robert Davis is 6'3", and Mark and Michelle we already know about. Um if they call up one of those three guys, my bet is that it'd be Davis, just because he has some height, as Doug would say. Oh, God, don't a, even. Which is a stupid reason. <laughs> but, uh-huh. but, I mean, they already have they already have Ward up, and they already have Aguilar up, who are both, you know, kind of slot guys. Aguilar playing on the outside, but, you know, not really where he should be. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to bring up another smaller guy. I think they're going to have to bring up two guys. I mean, I don't. To me, it seems like Aguilar is not going to play. And if he does, like, well, they I, thought I, he was going to play last week. Yeah, but he didn't. He, they listed him as didn't practice today, and I don't know. I just, unless you know something that I don't, I don't. I, no, I don't have any inside info on that one. No. It just seems like it's not trending in a great way to me in that sense. And like how, like, you need to be prepared, <laughs> unlike they were against the Giants game where like they knew Alshon was coming off injury just like, a couple games ago. Like it wasn't a shock that he got hurt again. Uh so to me, if I if I were the Eagles, I would promote both Davis, who is taller and I guess in theory can kind of fill that Alshon role. And by the way, is a pretty well, nice Well JJ would guy. fill the Alshon role. Well true. But I'm just saying like that kind of mold of receiver. At least you kind of like a bigger guy in theory. Yeah. And again, I think that's a dumb reason, but I think that's the way they'll see it. Well I think it should be him and I think it should be him and Michelle. Because Michelle, okay. like, he clearly has the most experience in the offense in the sense he was with the team for the offseason, played some preseason games. Yeah. And looked really good. I mean, he had that one play. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it was just that one play. But, I mean, he, he, he legitimately burned a Dory Jackson, who's like a really fast corner, down the field. Like, that's that's something. That's not nothing. Right. Uh, I'll take that. Uh, so I, I would bring those two guys up, honestly, and um, that's, it's, it's, that's what we're reaching for these days. It, oh, it's not great, but and, and by the way, uh, Adam Kaplan had noted that the Eagles didn't work it anyone out this week, so it sounds like they are going to be, you know, going the practice squad route. The other thing too with that is uh, you don't have like so I know so I had a chat today, and uh, a lot of a lot of the questions I only answered it once, but a lot of the questions that were coming in were you know why haven't they done anything yet. And if you're going to call up a guy from the practice squad, like there's no rush because they're, they're already on the team. So you don't have to do anything with them. Like you can still give them reps in the regular offense. You don't have to call them up right this second. Yeah. But the, the longer they wait, the, the, the more it decreases that they bring in somebody from the outside. Because obviously if you're bringing in somebody from the outside, you want, you want to get them in as soon as possible to get them up to speed in the offense. And as you mentioned, Kaplan said they didn't work anyone out. So <laughs> that, that kind of points in that direction, too. Or maybe they're just happy with Josh Perkins as the receiver. Eh. Because why not? I mean, he, he didn't do <laughs> terrible. He didn't do terrible, I agree. He caught all five of his targets for 37 yards, and then he get a couple first downs in there. Yeah. I don't love that, personally. It's not a good situation at the... It's not good. It's just not a good no, it's not, it's not a good situation. Yeah. <laughs> They just they just don't have good receivers is all I can say. 
Jimmy, I want to so. read you an email I just got. Oh. Uh, breaking. You just got it right now? In my yeah. Uh, this is from Froglog. He's a oh, Giants dude, fan. Dude, I, I I had to like, I had to I had to tell that guy like if he keeps emailing me, then I I mean he was emailing me like seven or eight times a day. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah, believe you just said that guy's name. He he just sent two within the span of four minutes. The first one he is reading me. He's Elon, a Giants fan. He's the oh, most clearly. annoying person on the on the planet. Two Super Bowl MVP, two Super Bowl game winning drives versus New England, one versus 18 0 team that would have spoke 17 Eagles, 364 touchdowns, seven road playoff. So he's reading all these off. And um, he, I can't he believe is, he emails you too. That's, yeah. he, he is. And, oh my God. Uh, he, this is clearly in response to how I wrote about uh, you know how the Eagles uh, dropped. The Giants below, you know, uh, 500 in the all-time series, and also dropped Eli Manning's career record to below 500. And I, I just wrote that it's a shame for Eli Manning because he's only going to be remembered for being a loser and nothing else in his career. Is that fair to say? He will never be remembered for those Super Bowl wins. Agreed. So it's tough, but uh, so, you want to go to the break here, Jimmy? Yeah, sure. We will be back into this. Back here, BGN Radio, episode 96, Brandon Lee Gowton. Jimmy Kemsky here with you talking about the Philadelphia Eagles who are in a playoff push and that playoff push continues this week with a road game against Washington. I'm not going to say their team name. The R words. Yeah. Um, let's talk injuries because we kind of touched on that a little bit before mm-hmm. the break, but the two that they sustained in, uh, the Giants game was Alshon Jeffrey, as previously mentioned. But the bigger one is Lane Johnson, hmm. who, I mean, that, that looked bad when it happened. Oh, yeah. Um, but they avoided a very long-term injury to be determined how long this uh, high ankle injury is going to last. Doug categorized it as week-to-week, and that's not good. Mm-hmm. If you know Doug's vernacular... Week to week is bad. I know a lot of people are thinking like, well, he'll be back in time for the Cowboys game because they need him to. Mm, I don't know about all that. <laughs> I, I think uh, he's going to be out longer than just this one game against Washington. Mm. By the way, they catch a break that um, Ryan Kerrigan is not going <laughs> to play this week, yeah. which, is, which is kind of a big deal because Kerrigan has destroyed Big V in the past. I mean, just killed him in the past on several occasions. So uh, he's even done big, well against Lane. Big, yeah, and sometimes Lane. I think for the most part, Lane has done has won those matchups. Mm-hmm. Kerrigan also killed, like he had a game. He had a game ending strip sack of Wentz. I think it was Wentz's rookie year, twenty sixteen. Yeah. yeah, off against uh, Matt Tobin, was it? Yep. Yes, it was. Tobin, a, yeah, hurt his ankle, I think, or his foot, or something. Yeah, yeah, hurt like during that before. drive. And then, I mean, in the play that Kerrigan blew up, Tobin just got smoked. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, that's he's like a borderline Hall of Famer, in my opinion, Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah, he's really good. He's just been on a horrible team his whole career. Mm-hmm. Too bad for him that he didn't wind up on a better team. And maybe he will be on a better team next year. But they, they avoid him. Ryan Anderson is the backup there. Second-round draft pick out Alabama hasn't really done much. In the three years that he's been in Washington, he did have a strip sack and fumble recovery. He had the trifecta sack, fumble, fumble recovery against Aaron Rodgers last week. So 
Uh, he's got some ability, just hasn't really uh, racked up many stats. I think that's a, a matchup that is a little shaky for the Eagles. But um, getting back to Lane, if he can't play against the Cowboys, you know, the best player on the Cowboys defense is Demarcus Lawrence, who mm-hmm. Lane struggled with in the first matchup. And if they have to play Vitae against that guy, they're going to have to either give him a lot of help or, well, actually not either. They're going to have to give him a lot of help. <laughs> so like, but that that's a that's a it's a huge matchup advantage in uh, in the Cowboys' favor. Obviously, if if this ends up being as Doug said week to week and Lane doesn't play uh, for the next few weeks, and the Eagles are three and. Ten is it? Yeah, three and ten. Oh yeah, and... yeah. We talked about this on another podcast. What the record is with and without uh, Lane Johnson. It's not good. Yeah. It's very good when they have them. It's very not good when they don't. Yeah. So that's a pretty big issue, and just the offense as a whole. I mean, again, we talked about the wide receiver situation. Uh, you're going up against like a decent defense. Uh, it ranks nineteenth in DVOA. Washington. Um, it's not some horrible unit, and. Washington's been playing competitive lately. You know, like you look at their last three games, they beat the Lions. Given it was uh, the moment was too big for What's that guy's name again. Yeah, I, mean, I can't think of it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, why can't I think of it? That this is terrible. Uh, Blau. No, no, no. That's the guy who's starting now. Was oh. that he start? No, this Jeff oh, Driscoll. Driscoll. Jeff yeah. Driscoll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Driscoll was starting. Washington won at home, nineteen to sixteen. Yeah, screw that guy. I, I knew his 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 uh, career was destined for failure. Yeah, you can listen he... to uh, <laughs> previous podcasts for that story. Week thirteen at Carolina, they won uh, twenty nine to twenty one. Also, a horrible team. And just this past game, now I'm going to say, you know, look, it was a five point loss, but that one touchdown they had at the end was clearly in garbage time. I didn't so see like, any of that game. Yeah, I watched the end of that. That that was not as close of a game as the final score there. It looks like they only lost in Green Bay by five. Like Green Bay had that game pretty controlled, but they, they haven't been getting like blown out, is my point. They haven't been this like total train wreck of a team in terms of on the field product, like just getting destroyed. Like th- that hasn't been them. And generally I think when the Eagles play Washington, um, the exception of, you know, last year, week seventeen, like it's it's usually not the easiest go for them. Uh, obviously you look back earlier this year where they they were down 20 to 7 at halftime. And it's a different situation. And that gets me to my next point here, Jimmy. Flipping it around on the other side of the ball, when you look at this uh, Washington offense with their starting quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, let me tell you, Dwayne Haskins, who we've not talked good. about before, yeah, not not very good. Uh, his passer rating this season, Jimmy, do you know what it is? I know it's in the 60s. It's 60, and I think it's the low 60s. It's 61.2. And okay. let me tell you this. He has four times as many combined interceptions and fumbles as touchdown passes this year. What does he have? Seven picks and one. And uh, oh, five, five fumbles. fumbles total. And mm-hmm. then one. He only lost one of them. Right. So he's had some good fumble luck. Uh, and he's he's just completing 55% of his attempts, which is, yikes, pretty bad. I wonder what those fumbles are. Like, Because I know if there's a bad snap and the ball hits the ground, they give that to the quarterback. True. So I don't know what they are, and like bad handoff exchanges can be the fault of the running back sometimes, but they'll give those to the quarterback every time too, just about. Um, so I wonder what those fumbles are. But yeah, five five looks bad on paper. Mm-hmm. He only lost one. Seven interceptions is definitely bad. He's played yeah. seven games. Uh, started what five? Yep, he's two um, and three as a starter. The thing about him is he has 
I don't have my thing pulled up. I probably should have it pulled up. But he has been sacked uh, 26 times, I believe. Let me. I should probably just pull up my article right here. But he's been sacked a lot. He's on 100. I think it's 160 pass attempts he's had this year. Sorry. Taking a second here. Yeah, okay. Here it is. He's been sacked 26 times on only 160 pass attempts. Now, you can say that, and that you know doesn't really mean much. But to put that in perspective... Uh, Carson Wentz has been sacked 33 times this year, but on triple the number of pass attempts. So Carson Wentz has 484 pass attempts. Again, that's triple Haskins at 160. Wentz has been sacked 33 times. Haskins has been sacked 26 times. Five starts, 26 sacks. Mm-hmm. Like if you're up over 50 for a season, that's a lot. Like you should be like. I, what was the lead leader in sacks last year? Uh, DeAndre Watson took a ton of sacks one year. Bortles took a, took a ton of sacks Deshaun one Watson. year. What did I say? You said DeAndre Watson. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I have DeAndre Hopkins on my brain, I guess. Uh, yes, Deshaun <laughs> Not DeAndre Hopkins. Deshaun. <laughs> yes, I cover football for a living. Uh, Deshaun. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Um, yes. Got sacked a ton. Blake Boros got sacked a ton. Uh, Haskins is like is on a pace that would you know kind of be up around like seventy or eighty sacks in a season if he kept up the way he's going. So um, he hangs on the ball a lot for a long time. Thirty first out of thirty nine quarterbacks on average. Oh, really? Is that what you saw? So yep. like on the next gen, the NFL's next gen stats, they had him as the second, as second in terms of like slow to get the ball out. Right. At 2.91 seconds on average. Mm-hmm. So the Eagles are going to get their pass rush opportunities. And that's a good thing for them because Washington's offensive line is bad. I mean, they have Donald Penn, who's, what is he, 36 years old, playing left tackle. You have former Giants bust, uh, Eric Flowers playing left guard. Uh, their center is a Chase Roulier, I think. Yep. Uh, isn't very good. Morgan Moses has been beaten in the past plenty by Brandon Graham and even Brandon Scherf, who's their best offensive lineman by, by a long shot, um, has had his bad moments against Fletcher Cox. So, you know, Trent Williams having held out, um, for the entirety of this season and Washington just being like, Nope, we're not trading you. (laughs) We're just gonna, we're just gonna let you rot while, uh, we get nothing in return for you. Uh, but that's really kind of affected their offensive line as a whole. And, um, that's an area where the Eagles absolutely have to win on Monday because if they do get time to throw, you don't want number 17, Terry McLaurin, to be able to do his damage uh, against the Eagles' occasionally toasted secondary. Obviously, he hurt them week one when he had, what, five catches for 125 and a touchdown. But that's the one guy that they really, really have to clamp down. This Like, not to, you know, the the you know, the Patriots shut down the best player on the other team thing is uh, is tired and uh, overused at this point. But it really does apply in this game. Like, you just got to make sure that Terry McLaurin, whatever resources you have to commit to that guy to not hurting you, they have to make sure they do it because he's really the only thing they have on offense. And I think Jim Schwartz has done that in the past where I, I remember him, I think it was Giants game uh, 2016, 
where we, he kind of talked about like playing a box in one on Odo Beckham Jr. Yeah. in that game. Like, I think he's he's like this is a thing that you can actually trust him to do. It's kind of like look at that kind of obvious one weapon and try to take him away and make someone else beat you. I think that is uh, something you can expect. And uh, talking about Jim Schwartz as a whole, just real quick, wanted to mention that five out of the last six Eagles games, they've held opponents to 17 or fewer points. Didn't mm-hmm. mention him in the Giants game. Just quickly wanted to mention that because also another thing for this yeah, we game. We totally skipped over the, the performance by the defense. We did. Well, I think there's something, but there's probably a reason we did that because like, you know, I think they, they didn't play like great, obviously. No, not in, the, in the first half, they weren't good at all. But in the second half, what they, what they gained like 29 yards, was it? Yeah, that, that was the, the second half? best uh, the second lowest yardage total of any half this year uh, in the second half, at least I think she'll tweet it out. So they were dominant in the second half. Uh, yeah. So when you put it all together, it was a good game. You know, they kept them to 17. You'll take that every day of the week. And he adjusted nicely, which he doesn't always do. Agreed. Uh, so looking at this specific matchup with Jim Schwartz against a rookie quarterback, Jimmy, Jim Schwartz is pretty good in his Eagles tenure against rookie quarterbacks. He's faced, uh, Basically, there's been five games that the Eagles have played where they faced a rookie quarterback. And now, one of these games is only Dak Prescott playing a little bit in 2016, Week 17. So, keep mm-hmm. that in mind. The other quarterbacks here are Mitchell Trubisky. Wait, 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 uh, okay, Mitch. Okay, yeah. Try to think who else it could be. What years are they? So, 2016. I already said Dak. Dak so, Dak twice. Dak twice in 2016. And they lost one of those. They, they, they lost they lose both of them. They lost one. And oh, no, they, it, they, they, won, they won the meaningless one at the end of the year there. They lost one in overtime on the road. Yeah, right, 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 right. That was when they, they drove down and he threw to Witten to win yeah. that game. Yeah. Yep. So 2017, there was two. I already said Trubisky. Do you remember the other one? Oh, right yeah. Uh, you do. The Niners I know you do. quarterback. Yep. Uh, he was a third-round pick and shouldn't have been a third-round pick Rump. in any year. Oh, C.J. Beathard. Boom. Yep. <laughs> and, and then what was the other what, what was the other year? This year, week five. Nah, he's not. He was. He's not a rookie. Yeah, he is. He's a second year guy. Nope. This may have been, this may have been the first year he appeared in a game, but he's not a rookie. Well, I counted him anyway. So <laughs> any, anyway, Luke Falk was uh, drafted, I believe, in 2018. Yeah, but was he? This he's on yeah, the he, he, no, he, he was a sixth round pick of the. Titans, but did he play at all? No, or was he on their roster at all? Well, no, they, he was. Uh, I think he got cut. The Dolphins picked him up. He was on their roster. Hmm. All then, right, whatever. <laughs> this is too much time on Luke Falk. Anyway, point is, we'll consider him a rookie for this activity. It's it's practically true, right? Like it's it's practical, like an experience, sure. very very we'll inexperienced. Call, we'll player. call him a rookie. Uh, so Jim Schwartz's or those rookie quarterbacks' numbers, I should say, against Jim Schwartz's defense, completing fifty point seven percent of their passes for five point three average, which is very bad if you don't know. Three touchdowns, seven interceptions, a forty four point seven pass rating, seventeen sacks, and five fumbles. And the Eagles are four and one in those games. They're again the only loss came in overtime on the road, so. You know, understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Eagles outscored their opponents in those games by an average of about 17 points. So all of that's to say, when I look at Jim Schwartz going up against Dwayne Haskins, who I don't feel really great about in the first place, yeah, if unless they're just letting Terry McLaurin somehow run free through the secondary, just taking shots all game long, I like Jim Schwartz's chances. 
Well, I will make the point that while those guys are rookies, um, and we'll call Falk a rookie, Falk, uh, Trubisky, and um, Bethard. Bethard, not only were they rookies, but they also stink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that helps too. But I also think that applies to Haskins as well. So, yeah. I guess it is kind of an apt comparison. Yep. What's funny is I know Luke Falk wasn't a rookie, but somehow I called Deshaun Watson DeAndre Watson. Yeah, what's this? <laughs> oh, no, Watson. he's definitely not a rookie, you idiot. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway. So uh, you were, you brought up McLaurin, Jimmy, and one of the things we wanted to touch on here before we get into our final segment is poor roster management that the Eagles have going on right now. I think that's some kind of like there's some kind of cognitive dissonance going on here where obviously if you're an Eagles fan, like you want the team to win, but at the same time, and even looking at the Giants game, like one of my takeaways from that game, even though they won, was like the negative of how like this roster is being mismanaged. Like there's like Howie Roseman, like there's issues here. And you wanted to bring up McLaurin specifically, I guess. Well, McLaurin, um, See, he's a guy that gets that gets brought up constantly as like, oh, the Eagles could have had him um, instead of drafting, you know, J.J. Ortega Whiteside. I thought that like D.K. Metcalf was maybe more of the um, the more like obvious. Uh, yeah, you can criticize him more for missing on that because mm-hmm. at least D.K. Metcalf, like, you know, was a highly rated prospect coming out, getting first round and, buzz. Yeah, and I mean, killed. I mean, well, I guess his his uh, you know his size and his speed and all that. Like, he didn't have good uh, like agility type measurables, but had the size and speed to you know do things down the field. Um, but was a, a better fit, in my opinion, for what this Eagles offense needed. Whereas JJ was more of like um, sort of a, an Alshon a clone is the wrong word to use, but. Uh, a lot of the same, a lot of a very similar skill set. Um, McLaurin was more of like a a guy that was definitely going to be a valuable special teamer coming into the NFL. A lot of people thought. Now he's not playing special teams at all because he's the best player on their offense, right? But uh, it's it, the the one thing that was funny that uh, like during the game when Darius Slayton was just. Destroying the Eagles. What do you have? Five for one fifty something in the first half. One five for one fifty and two or five for one fifty four and two touchdowns and two touchdowns. And uh, Bo Wolf tweeted out. I, he just took a screenshot. I think it was of Wikipedia, the 20, uh, 2019 draft, where Clayton Thorson was, you know, the Eagles pick, and then like four or five picks later is uh, Darius Slayton there. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to pick. say what a terrible pick Clayton Thorson was. I would just like to say, Jimmy, before Bo tweeted that out, Brandon Lee Gowton here retweeted his own tweet from <laughs> November tenth. Oh, excuse me. About how <laughs> the Giants drafted Darius Slayton not too long after the Eagles drafted Clayton Thorson. So he's their best receiver this year too, by the way. Clearly. Uh, who? Slayton? Yeah. Yeah, I, so I did an activity with uh, or a question and answer exchange with an old friend of yours, Jimmy Kempsky. Oh, Ed Valentine? Ed Valentine of Big yeah. Blue View. And he asked me which player I would take from the Giants roster. And I said I would take Darius Slayton because the Eagles desperately need a receiver and they need a speed guy. And felt good about that pick once he was roasting the Eagles. But 
didn't really feel good about it from the from the Eagles' perspective of playing. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You can always do this kind of with any draft. Like, oh, they should have drafted this player. But like, I get that. Putting that all aside, there is something to be said for like the process of the pick. There's a lot to be said for the process. That's all you should be saying for the process of a pick. And the Clayton Thorson thing never made any sense to me. You only have five picks in a draft class. The the best case scenario, realistically, for Clayton Thorson is like he never has to play for the Eagles. Like that, yeah. That's the best case. Right. Uh, right. It, it's a, he becomes like a good backup but never has to play. Meanwhile, like, okay, but you couldn't use Darius Slayton, who clearly had speed. Well, maybe, you know, he fell to the fifth for a reason. He wasn't some finished product, but he clearly had Darius speed. Slayton or anyone else. Take your pick of uh, just a receiver or any other skill position player that can help you in some way. Especially if the context it doesn't even have to be Slayton, you know, like right, he, like it's it's unfair to just pick out like the best player in the like in the draft after you pick. But anyone, anyone other than Clayton Thorson would have been better. Yeah, and <laughs> I just I never got what was like to like about Clayton Thorson, who like there was nothing great to there was nothing there that made you go, oh yeah, I can see like I can see what they like here. I can point yeah. to this one thing, like he's like let's say. You know, he was incredibly accurate. Like, okay, great. But he wasn't. Nope. <laughs> he wasn't good at anything. His college yeah. stats were bad. It was all bad. And again... He had a lot of rushing touchdowns. Okay, great. He was a, <laughs> a big mobile threat, but not even really. <laughs> but it wasn't even, no. He just happened to have a lot. I remember, like, so, like, I do that grocery shopping series where I preview you know, five college players every Saturday throughout the football season. And all year, last year, I kept landing on him and I'd watch him and I'd go, there's no way. Like I wouldn't draft that. I wouldn't draft him at all. Like I'm not like any kind of like, you know, scout or expert in that regard, but I know like when a quarterback just doesn't look good. (laughs) So like I was like, they can't draft this guy, but I kept landing on him because he has the size that (sighs) they, that they really prioritize. He's got a good height and uh, he's got some uh, little, he had a little chunk on him. Like he was, he Whoa, was what's like, that mean? <laughs> he was a little chunky. Like he was, you know, he was, he was, he was like not chunky, but he was like, I think they listed him at like around like two twenty five. Yeah, somewhere around there. But he, he had the, you know, he had the size that they that they kind of like. Hmm. And so I stupid. kept like I kept looking to profile, and then I was like, no, like I can't, I can't justify profiling this guy. And then they picked him, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, because I was mad at myself <laughs> that uh, that they didn't that I didn't profile him all year. Um, when I kept like going back to him and over over and over again, like before the season began, his senior year, like he was rated a lot higher, but he stunk his senior year. So like his his like draft stock kept kind of falling all throughout the year, and I like after they picked him, it's like I can't really find anything about him that I like, and like so I also do like rookie comparisons. Who did you compare him to again? I I compared him to. Was it- Cutler? I said I said Jay Cutler without the arm strength, <laughs> which is nothing. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. It was like it had like all the bad Jay Cutler traits, but but, but no arm. Great. So <laughs> the point, the point, the being, same height and weight as him. Like you know, Cutler was a little chunky too. <laughs> the point of anyway. bring, bringing that up was just again one of these examples of the roster, and again it was one of their only five picks. Like it wasn't like they had like. 12 picks and one to blow. It was, it was, no, it was a vital pick. And that thing, in addition to... I would love to, to know who really stood on the table. Sorry, cut you off. I really, I really would love to know who like, stood on the table. It's like, we got we got to have this. We only we got one pick left. We got, <laughs> we got to make this one count. 
it's we got to get him now. We got to get Clayton Thorson right now, or we just don't get him. And they traded down, by the way, for <laughs> to get that pick. Like they traded down, and then they picked him. So weird. Um, elsewhere with the mismanagement, we kind of touched on the wide receivers already. Like only keeping how three. do you go to three into the game? Like it's, come on. And Aguilar didn't practice, and it's never a usual thing for players to miss practice the whole week and then play. Like that never happens. Like usually it's rare. That, yeah, it is. I rare. can't even tell you a time that's happened. But there seems to be a clear disconnect between the medical staff and the coaching staff and the front and office whatever, and whatever else. Yeah, I mean, just across the board, it just doesn't seem like they're all on the same page at times. They're going they, into they, games unprepared. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't And then, you know, you lose Jeffrey and then <laughs> this is like super in-depth analysis here but you're left with jj and ward you lose jj you just your only receiver is greg ward uh-huh. it. it's crazy and and joshua perkins who is your really your third string tight end who was on the practice squad like it's it's he insane wasn't even, like, greg ward wasn't even close to making the team out of training camp <laughs> like come on like it was an easy was guy an to leave off your 53 yeah. yeah like it's crazy what are they doing Tying anyway. into the receiver thing, uh, one last thing I guess <laughs> here is like watching uh, Boston Scott and Greg Ward like make contributions at any level. Like, doesn't that serve or shouldn't that serve as a lesson to the Eagles at this point? Like, hey, maybe stop relying on all these guys, right? These veteran players. Stop who bringing Ajayi back. Don't bring Matthews back. Scrolls. Yes. Like. At some point, it's time to stop relying on these washed-up older players. And stop, like, stop promoting your assistant coaches into bigger roles when they're not too. when when they're above the, when they're out of their league. It was, was specifically how it relates to the players here. It's like I think one of the benefits you can get is like, give an opportunity to a young guy who's hungry and like wants to win and establish himself in the league like really bad. I mean, that's kind of like like Monday was a big night for Boston Scott. Like he was on prime time. Like he wanted to shine in that moment. And you know, it's a great point. Like he did, and and Ward did, yeah, and even JJ did. You know, who didn't at all. Alshon, like his body language sucked in that game before he got hurt. Surprising. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so that's, that was that, refreshing to see guys care a little bit more. Right. That's for the talent. Like uh, you know, talent. Um, the hit and talent you're taking. Like that, that's the at least the positive thing you can say about for promoting some of these guys. And in addition to that, like you know, Boston Scott, Greg Ward, like in theory at least, that guy could be here next year because they're on a you know they're on this favorable contract for the foreseeable future. Whereas you know, Jordan Matthews, like he's not going to be back next year. You know, he's not going to be a piece. So he, the, the best thing you're getting out of him in theory, you know, is this year only. Like at least give me a guy who like in theory could help beyond this year, and that's. That's what I kind of want to see, you know, like with these practice squad guys. Like, even if they don't win, okay, great. No, not great, but like, okay, that sucks. But then at least you're getting a look at a young guy. So, uh, just oh, the one last thing I guess I wanted to yeah. What would Boston Scott be an exclusive rights free agent? Does he uh, just have two years in the league? Uh, good question. I don't know that. Off I think the top I think of... he was drafted last year. But yeah, but basically so that, would it, like... that would make him exclusive rights, which is nothing. I mean, you're paying him. You're paying him. It's under literally the minimum. That's all he can take. Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, a couple more quick things here is like, oh, and by the way, Josh McCown was like getting ready to play wide receiver in that game. A 40 year old <laughs> backup quarterback was going to be a wide receiver. Like, how, that's embarrassing. How is that not embarrassing for the front office? Uh, 
the I guess the final two things here, Jimmy, would be the Eagles are using like so many roster spots on developmental players, which I don't think is the worst thing ever. But like, there has to be a balance. Like you have three receivers, but you have ten offensive linemen, you have seven defensive ends, you have seven yeah. cornerbacks, and you have six linebackers. Like you don't need all those players. Like that's too many. Right. Uh, and going into the defensive end position specifically, how he traded a twenty. 21 fourth round pick for Gennard Avery so he can play zero snaps yeah. against the Giants. And you know, game. I actually like what I've seen of him too, so far too. So like I I, like I I was if you, you know, if you like what you've seen of Gennard Avery, then I'm fine with the, because he's still on his rookie contract. He's got two more two more years left on it after this year, that is. So I'm fine with that, with that compensation. But if you're not going to use him, then he's useless. So it's kind of like I don't know who you blame there. I think you just blame the organization. But certainly they shouldn't have made that trade if you're not going to use them at all. And they were missing Derek Barnett. like So there was a player out of the defensive end rotation. Yes. In theory, he should be able to get more snaps, or at least some, and he couldn't get any. And, yeah, I, I don't – like some people were like, oh, it's the coaching staff's fault for not playing him or whatever. I mean, like how he traded the pick. And I think regardless of what he even did here, we talked about this when they traded for him. Like the fourth – the cost of the fourth has never made sense to me. Like this is a guy who was wasting away in the Browns bench, and he was a fifth. Excuse me. Right, they they overpaid for for him for sure because they weren't like you said they weren't even using him. So it's it's just bad all around. I don't understand. Not the Eagles I don't understand either. <laughs> it, it's crazy. So at least uh, he's active on game day. There he wasn't even active on game. He was a healthy scratch, and they yeah. got a four for him. It's <sighs> not good. It's not good. All right, let's, let's go into our final segment here, Jimmy. We will be back. Back after this. Final segment here, BGN Radio, episode 96. Jimmy, let's get into the playoff conversation here. The Los Angeles Rams are half-point favorites. You heard that right. The yeah, rare half-point. Wasn't that a... Uh... Weren't the, weren't the Cowboys favored by like a few points? Originally? I think they opened as... Minus four or minus three, what I saw standard, but then it's been bet down to the Rams. Yeah, minus being minus favorite. four. That's a it's a huge. Actually, I'm looking at it now. It's now Rams minus one, so it's not even a half point anymore. Hmm. It's up to one. I'm looking at it, DraftKings yeah, Sportsbook. They open. Okay, so it opened. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, well, it op- it opened what I'm looking at here at Dallas minus four. It's mm-hmm. like a five point swing is. Is a like that's very a lot of rare. money coming in on the Rams. That's very rare. Anyway, so what do you think about it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Dallas has lost three of their last ten, and they haven't beaten. Wait, what? They've lost three of their last ten. I'm sorry, they've won three of their last ten. They've lost seven. They've <laughs> lost seven. Man, I'm like not smart today. <laughs> they've lost. Seven of their last ten, my apologies. They won their first three, and then they lost seven of their last ten. And they've lost so, three in a row, specifically. Yes, and they don't look, they don't look good. <laughs> they lost haven't beaten anyone all year. They have, they have yet to beat a, uh, a team with a winning record this year. And the Rams have looked better. They just beat the Seahawks. And by that, I mean a winning record right now, as the standings right. stand right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I the know. Rams in this game. I like the Rams in this game, too, I think. <laughs> <laughs> they beat them earlier this year. Obviously, not exactly well, same circumstances. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, in the calendar year, yeah. Yeah, in the playoffs, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, I think the matchup can work for them there. I think the Cowboys are kind of just 
I don't. They kind of looked like they quit. They did quit. They quit in Chicago, basically. Like there was, they kind of came back at the end a little bit in some garbage time, but like they they got beat pretty soundly by Mitchell Trubisky. Like this defense. I mean, Garrett's getting Garrett, Garrett's getting hammered and has been for most of the season, really. Yeah, and um, rightfully so for sure. But why is there a defensive coordinators? I guess you want to call them mm-hmm. like uh, Marinelli and uh, Chris Richard. How come they're not getting any heat? Because their defense sucks, dude. Like they can't tackle. They don't want to tackle. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Trubisky was running all over them. Yep, and throwing all over that Thursday night and throwing all over them too. But they weren't tackling anyone either. Like you're going to give up plays in the air, but at least tackle. They weren't tackling anyone, and that's been kind of a, kind of a theme for them. Like they looked bad tackling against Buffalo too on Thanksgiving. Yes. That's a bad situation when you're not when you're not even tackling this late in the year. Like you should be. You, should, you see that a little bit sometimes in like the beginning of the year because you're not used to tackling, especially now where they don't really play much in the preseason anymore. But when you get this late in the season, tackling really shouldn't be that big of an issue. And that's not good when it happens this late in the season. Because what can happen, I guess, sometimes is, like, tackling becomes not so fun anymore. <laughs> like, when your body hurts in week week 13, 14. And they just look like a, they look like a bunch of wusses out there, is kind of <laughs> the way I'd put it. Hashtag the way, analysis. The way they're the way they're tackling, and then uh, like you mentioned, like they they look disinterested, and their offense. It's you know what, like you look at what they look like as an offense when Amari Cooper was healthy and looked like a pretty dominant player, and now he's clearly not a hundred percent. And you look how their offense has fallen apart mm-hmm. since he hasn't, and you can maybe apply that to the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. Yep. You know, your receivers matter a little bit. <laughs> to, Tiny bit. The, the receiver, having good receivers, pro- there's probably a, a good correlation between having good receivers and your quarterback performing at a better level. It's just, you know, analysis, I guess. Something to think about? Yeah. Hashtag analysis. I think the Rams have more to play for, clearly. I mean, they're like they're trying to make a playoff push. They've uh, They're getting a little bit hot here. They can potentially push for that. Six seed in the NFC playoff picture. The Cowboys have something to play for in the sense of like they're still you know tied for first and technically are first in the NFC East. But like you know what's the best outcome there? Like okay, they're going to be this crappy division winner, and their coach is probably going to get fired anyway. Whereas like the Rams, you know they they were in the Super Bowl earlier this year, a thousand season. plus yards in their last two games. By the way, the Rams. Yes. Yeah. So I just I like the Rams. I think the Rams just like I know that might sound a little basic but i think they want it more i think they really like they really want to make this playoff push where like do the cowboys really want to make a playoff push i i will believe that when i see it so i will take the rams at half minus half a point here they looked good um but they play sunday night was it and that sunday. game was never they 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 basically controlled that game from start yep. to finish against and seattle this, yep so yep. yeah all right i'll uh I'll jump on that wagon too. And I'll go, that's, I'll go Rams minus. I'll take Rams minus half a point. And that's significant. Now again, that game will be after the Eagles game, but that's significant because assuming the Eagles do win against Washington, and we'll get into that right here soon, 
And but, that assumption should not be made. Yes, but um, if they do, <laughs> but if the they Eagles do, yes. do win, and then the Cowboys lose, then Week 16 would mean the Eagles can clinch the division officially by winning oh, yeah, against the right. Cowboys in Philly. So they can rest their starters, yeah. and then yeah. <laughs> and then you have a team, you have either like you know the Niners or the mm-hmm. or the Seahawks going all out trying to win their division. Yep. And then and then one of them has to fly all the way across the country yep. to play this garbage <laughs> this garbage Eagles team that basically yep. just had a bye. Ooh. Yeah. So it's possible, uh, and we'll see how it goes. But getting into the Eagles game itself, Jimmy, I'll let you go first. What do you have for this one? The Eagles are four and a half point road favorites and let me say that the eagles are four and nine i believe here right that's how many games they played against the no. spread how many games have they played this year well no, you're right that's right they're, they played 13 games yeah so they're four and nine against the spread that's tied for the bears is the worst in the nfl so what really? do you have okay well i had the eagles covering in miami on whatever what was that spread 10 and a half something like that and then i had them covering uh on monday and that it was clear that wasn't going to happen by by the time halftime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go the other way this week. I think the Eagles win, mm. but I think it's another close. Uh, you know, it's at various points of the game, people are very mad at the team kind of game. <laughs> I think, but I, I was, I'm, I'm going to go 23-20 Eagles. I am going to take the Eagles to win as well. I think this is a team that has not quit. I think that win on Monday night against the Giants can kind of serve as a little bit of a springboard. Yes, I think it it can. I think these young players stepping up is something that this team continues to need to happen, not just young players, but basically like they need guys to step up around the team. Like they need these players to have, to make plays and have big, like, like that sounds very, Simple, but I'm saying like they need a Josh Perkins or, or whoever to step up. I think this team isn't dead yet. I was watching that locker room, Doug's locker room. Did you see that, Jimmy? Doug's locker room speech. No, and he was he was highlighting out like Boston Scott and Greg Ward and all these guys. And I don't know. It just I didn't get the vibe of that's a team that's quit just yet. I think this. Team... No, I don't. Think they, I don't think they quit either. And I think that's what you know. It's one of Doug's. Um, I think they want to play for Doug. Yeah, I think that's one of his strengths is as a player's coach. You have guys that will play for you. A few, so I, a few, you know, a few examples, maybe notwithstanding. But the, for the generally speaking, I believe that the team wants to play for Doug. And I think that's the case here. I think you know the Eagles clearly have a playoff push in mind. Washington, meanwhile, was just officially eliminated from the playoffs this week, which is an insane thing to say. But it's true, so they don't have as much to play for. Not that they were really going to make a run anyway, but just, you know, a little side factor there. I think, look, Jimmy, you know, it's the Eagles. It's the Eagles versus Washington. It's the Philadelphia versus Washington BGN watch party. Week 15 at Pistola's Del Sur. They're not going to let they BGN can't let down. You guys down. They, can't, yeah. they can't possibly do that. They cannot not show up for this game. I think it's going to be a blowout because, again, the Eagles give – uh, or Washington kind of isn't always the easiest matchup for the Eagles in general. But I, I think Haston's just – he's not very good. I, I, I just don't think he is. I think Schwartz's defense takes care of that. I don't know how this offense is going to be able to score with all these practice squad wide receivers. So that's kind of what holds me back a little bit and makes it hesitant and kind of – I can't say it's going to be a blowout because how are they possibly going to put up a ton of points. But I think they can score enough to cover this four-and-a-half point spread. So I will say the Eagles win this game in Washington – 
to get everyone all fired up for next week's game against the Dallas Cowboys. I say the Eagles win this one. I'll go 21 to 13. You know, they did put up over 400 yards, even with Washington. Uh, now, the Eagles did on Monday night. Oh, yeah. They're up over 400 yards. Carson up over 300. Yeah, but running. New York's defense is worse than Washington's. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. But they only put up uh, nine, uh, 17 points in regulation. <laughs> so, anyway. Final thoughts? Yeah, Jimmy. Uh, I just want to say to the good people out there, please come out to Pistolas del Sur for the BGN radio watch party for this week's game, Philadelphia at Washington. You can come out and come get a BGN radio logo t-shirt. You can come out and get the drink specials, the food specials. You can come hang out with your fellow BGN listeners and readers and some maybe some alumni might even be there as well. So should be a good time. Definitely come out and watch the game with us. We would love to have you there. How about nice. you, Jimmy? We talked about Ed Valentine earlier. Should I tell my Ed Valentine juice story? I think you should tell that story. <laughs> All right. So, uh, uh, as you know, I well, I ran Bleeding Green Nation back in the day, but this is even before then. I had my my uh, NFC East blog, so I was kind of hopping around from you know training camp to training camp at the time. So I would I would check out some Giants practices and training camp and Eagles. It was basically those two teams. Washington <laughs> wouldn't let me cover them, and Dallas was too far. So I was a contributor at the time at Bleeding Green Nation, and you know I was friendly. I was friendly with the other uh, NFC East head, lead, like lead managing editors at, at the at the other you know like uh, uh, Big Blue View, with, which is the Giants, Hogs Haven which is Washington, and uh, uh, blogging the boys, which is the Cowboys. So I was friendly with all the people that ran those sites. So, you know, Ed ran the Giants site. He lives, like, at the time anyway, he lived about two hours away. I wouldn't say upstate New York, but he was, you know, a little further away. And I lived pretty close to where the Giants practiced. I lived in North Jersey at the time. Uh, They, of course, practiced right by their stadium uh, in North Jersey and East Rutherford. So um, I said, hey, if you need to... If, if like you're tired and you need to stay at my house, that's fine. You can do that. My house at the time was the best way I can describe it. It was like uh, one ranch on top of another ranch. I mean, it was all one house, but you could pretty much sleep. You know, two different families there. The only difference would be top floor had uh, a kitchen and the bottom floor did not. It had everything else otherwise had you know a couple a couple bedrooms had like a full bath. So like he had his it was comfortable down there for him. And at the time, this is 2012 now, I know the exact year, because my daughter was born, and she was a newborn at the time, and uh, my my then wife was not thrilled about someone staying over. Like, I didn't run it by her first before I volunteered the bottom floor of my house to Ed. Yikes. So, <laughs> right. so uh, Ed takes me up on the offer, and I say, oh, hey, by the way, uh, uh, Ed's going to... Uh, stay on the bottom floor <laughs> so she's not happy about it whatever so i tell ed i'm like <laughs> i don't tell him that part but i said actually no i guess i did i said but just do me a favor like it's totally fine to stay over i don't mean to make you feel uncomfortable by saying that but just do me a favor it's fine that you, like but just if you could just don't come upstairs <laughs> like, everything you, everything you need is down there. Just there's no kitchen, so if you want to pick up food on the way back, and you know you can you know go to town, eat whatever, drink whatever, whatever you need to do, 
but just do me a favor. We, you know, I have a newborn, you know, my wife, not thrilled about having someone over with a newborn, blah, 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 blah. So fine. Great. He's fine with that. We get, we get back to my house. Uh, he's downstairs for, it could have been more than like 10, 15 minutes. And all of a sudden I just hear, and I'm coming up the steps. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus. What the, come on, man. So he comes upstairs and I'm thinking this, I'm in my head, like I'm thinking like this better be like some kind of emergency. Like there, there's gotta be something like there's gotta be smoke down there. There's gotta be a fire. It's gotta be something that like is making him come upstairs. He said, like, he doesn't even ask me. He looks at, he looks at my wife at the time and he goes, uh, do you have any juice? <laughs> <laughs> so that's my Ed Valentine juice story. <laughs> my apologies, Ed, if you uh, happen to hear this. It's a good guy. Runs a good site. Love Ed. Big love, Blue View. Love, to be clear, love Ed. Love Ed. Ed if you're looking Ed. for Giants coverage, do go to Big Blue View. But, uh, <laughs> yes. The juice is not at Jimmy's house. The juice is on the Eagles. Boston Scott, baby. Boston Scott That's is right. the juice. That's right. All right, Jimmy. So, uh, that'll do it. Yeah. You want to do your <laughs> sign-off? Oh. Uh, Charlie, jumping in here. He wants to do so, the sign-off. That was like a vicious bark. Oh, I see what happened. My, my, girlfriend's, my girlfriend's dog is here, and oh. the girlfriend's dog went after his chewy treat. And, oh, boy. Uh, that was like, uh, get away from my chewy. Bark. Yeah. Well, that's fair. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. All right. I, don't, do, I understand. Do your sign-off really. thing. All right. So, this has been Brindley Yountain. That has been Jimmy Kemsky here on BGN Radio. Make sure you subscribe, download, rate, review. Come to the party. Pistola del Sur. Find information about that if you need it on bleedinggreennation.com. Follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. Follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Follow BGN Radio on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. Follow Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter at Bleeding Green. You can do all those fine things. We appreciate the support. And we will back. We will be back, I should say, next week before potentially the very big Eagles versus Cowboys game. We'll, we'll talk see to if you. it matters or not. We'll see. Potentially big one. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. P-G-N.